today. It's good to be able to praise Him and sing to Him. Just give Him thanks for what He's done for us, what He's done for you, what He's done for America, what He's done for our world. Sometimes we, we kind of get the idea that God's just not there, huh? Sometimes we get to thinking that maybe He's forgot about us. And maybe that we're left here all alone, all by ourselves. I want to talk to you today about a man who may have thought that. A man that may have had the idea that, uh, well, maybe I'm just in this all by myself. And if you have your Bibles and would like to read this story with me, I'd like for you to turn there. I have quite a bit of Scripture that I'm going to read to you today. It's in the book of Luke, chapter 8. And we're going to be reading beginning in verse number 26. And today, uh, maybe you're wondering what this cute little pig is up here. Maybe you are. I actually just brought him to see how many of you would come to see what he was doing. He, no, I'm kidding. I've got a purpose for him today. And I've uh, had, had a lot of kids walk by here and say, Brother Joey, let me have him. Let me, let me take him. Let me do that. And I'm going to give them a chance to have him here in just a minute. Maybe by the time I'm done, you may not want him. By the time I tell you about this cute little pig. You might not want him nearly as bad, but sometimes in our lives, we, we have things in our, in our life that, that really seem like uh, we need to hold on to them, like they're so cute and they're so cuddly or they're doing me so much good in my life, and, and we think that maybe we need to hold on to them. I want to read you a story, and it may not seem like all oh, this is making sense, and it might not seem like the ends are going to ever meet, but if you'll stick with me just for a few moments, I promise you that they will. Because I'm going to challenge you today to do something that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily do. But in Luke chapter 8, beginning of verse number 26, it's talking about, it says they, they sailed. Talking about Jesus and his disciples. They sailed to the region of the Gerasians. I say that a bunch of different ways. Gerasians, Gerasians, maybe one of you nice people, Gadareans. It's, it's a bunch of different ways that they pronounce it. But they sailed across the lake of the sea from Galilee. And Jesus stepped on the shore, and he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. And for a long time, this man had not worn clothes, and he had not lived in a house, but he lived in the tombs. Right there in that scripture, that immediately should get your attention. This guy is a streaker running around town without any clothes on, but he doesn't have a house. And so since he doesn't have a house, he goes and lives where he can't bother anybody. He can't bother anybody in the tombs. They're all dead, right? He can't bother them. But then it says in verse 28, when he saw Jesus, <clears throat> there's a lot that can happen right there. I could preach I could preach a hundred messages on when you see Jesus, when you finally see Him, how your eyes are open when you finally see Him, a blind man that couldn't see, and then Jesus touches him, and He's able to see then. The point of the matter is, is that when you see Jesus, things change in your life. You think that you can live your life any way that you want to, but once you finally see Jesus, things in your life begin to change. So He says in 28 that when He saw Jesus, He cried out, and He fell at His feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son 
of the Most High God. I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man, and many times it had seized him. And though he was not chained, his hands weren't chained, and foot, he was kept under guard, there were times, it says, that these chains were put on him. And he would be chained by his, by his wrists, he would be chained by his feet, you know how sometimes that whenever there were people that were really, really sick or really crazy, they would put a chain around his neck and keep him from being able to go anywhere. But look at what the Scripture says here. It says that while he was even left under guard, that he broke the chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Some of you are here right now, and you've been driven by demons into solitary places. You won't call it demons because... I, there's no way I could be possessed. But you're all, all of us are possessed by something. There's something that is inside of you, controlling you, and leading you. You may not have the demons that this guy had, but there's something in you, some type of spirit that's in, in you, controlling you and leading you. And if it is a dark spirit, if it's a demon spirit, if it is a, a spirit of Satan, it will drive you into solitary places. What do you mean, Brother Joy? I mean, once upon a time, you lived for the Lord very strong. You were, you were devout in what you've done. And then, but there was that something that happened in your life that changed everything in your life. Maybe it brought that other person into your life, and maybe it pushed you into a place where you never thought that you would have ever been. And now, well, but I'm not solitary, Brother Joe. I'm by myself. Yeah, but the, the Christian people, the, the saints of God that you used to surround yourself with, you shun them off now. You shun them off. Maybe because they remind you of somewhere that you used to be. And this is a little bit by little bit by little bit progression that happens in your life. And it drives you into a solitary place. Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, because many demons had gone into him. He replied, my name's what? Legion. Many demons. And they had begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss or into Hades, some scriptures call it, or into hell. Don't send us back to hell. And there was a large herd of pigs that were feeding on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. And He gave them permission. Two things I want to point out right here. The demons recognized who Jesus were, was. The demons recognized Him. And they begged Jesus, who they knew had the power to do whatever He wanted to do. But yet they begged Jesus not to send them to hell. And you want to go? No, Brother Joe, I don't want to go. Why are you living like you want to go? I was watching a guy yesterday, I met a guy yesterday who had a shirt on, and on the front of his shirt it said, Tell hell I ain't coming. But some of us live our lives like, I'm heading straight to hell. And at the end of it, you might ought to say, and proud of it. Because that's the way it seems like we live our lives sometimes. And it's only until we hit rock bottom, until the bank collapses, the economy falls out, we lose our job, whatever it is, that we finally realize that I've been heading in the wrong direction all this time. Remember what I told you? That spirit, that thing, whatever it is inside of you that drives you into a solitary place and you don't even realize that the sun has gone down and it's dark outside because you've been in that dark place for so long. But even the demons don't want to go to hell. What makes you think that you want to? 
If the demons don't want to be around Satan, I guarantee you, you don't want to be around Satan. When those ten, and so it says, when the demons came out, came out of the man, you know, Jesus gave them permission. They went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. Pigs. Pigs. Feeding on a, on a hillside, and, and the demons entered into them, and they rushed down, they rushed down the hillside, and, and they were drowned. Hey, you, you hold on to that. See, if you've been paying attention, it wouldn't hit you in the head. I'm just messing with you. I'm just a bad throw. Hold on to it, okay? Don't let go of it. Don't let anybody have your pig. It's your pig. What is that? Say it again, honey. Say it one more time. Everybody help her. What is that? I thought y'all would say my pig. But they said it's your pig. All right, that's her pig. So it says that there's a group of pigs, this herd of pigs on a hillside. And what did they do? They ran down and they drowned, didn't they? What did you say that was? Don't forget. So the people went outside. When those tending the pigs, they saw what had happened. They ran off and reported it in the town and in the countryside. They didn't waste any time. You have to understand that they had, they had real manpower back in the day. They didn't have Facebook and Twitter and all this Instagram stuff. There wasn't anybody out there flashing pictures, showing a video of what happened to these pigs. They just all ran around telling everybody, and it spread by word of mouth. And it says that the entire countryside found out what was going on. And the people went out to see what had happened. And whenever they came to Jesus, look at what they found. They found a man from whom the demons had gone out. Notice, sitting at Jesus' feet dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. And then all the people of the regions of the Gerasenes, they asked Jesus to leave because they were overcome with fear. And so Jesus got in the boat and left. Do you understand what chaos is? Chaos. The word C-H-A-O-S. In the, in the dictionary, it says this is complete confusion and disorder. It's a state in which the behavior and events are not controlled by anything in particular. It is just a chaotic situation. Do you think that this place had chaos within its, within its borders? Do you think that there was anything going on inside this place that was chaotic? Do you think that this brother, this legion, the demoniac that he's called in many places, do you think that he was bringing chaos to this country at all? Do you think that the people there were a little bit perturbed by him? Do you think that they were a little bit uneasy? Do you think any of the mom and dads there ever sat down and gave their children's lessons on how that they should not go too close to this guy? Do you think that there was any one of the women there who had concealed weapon permits? Do you think that there were any men out there who ever said, sucker, if you come close to my house, I'll punch you in the face. But then they watched him take a chain and snap it and said, never mind, bro, just... Just stay back. Do you think that he raised any kind of awareness, any kind of chaos in the situation in that town? Do you think he did? I believe there was a chaotic situation. Chaos comes to us, and we like to plug chaos into a sentence whenever we say that when the economy fell out, there was chaos in the country. Where did the chaos come from? There's no money. There's no jobs. People can't pay their bills. So it brings chaos into the community. We say things like, well, the, the police can't control the situation 
because there's chaos. And many of you will remember just back in the 90s, whenever we had the L.A. riots and all that stuff going on, how chaotic it was on the news and how that you watched bands and bands and gangs of people flipping cars over, burning buildings, punching people, killing people. It was a chaotic situation. You don't have to go back very far uh, to learn about these chaotic situations and have them in your mind because not just too long ago, we had a situation where there were people that every day there was, there was on the news cops that were getting shot and killed just because they were cops. You think that was chaotic for the police department? Not just in one town or one city, but policemen all across America, this stuff was going on. Do you think that it caused chaos whenever you had people who were upset and spoiled rotten that to just stand out in the middle of freeways and protest and shut down traffic and you had people that died in ambulances because they couldn't get through? Do you think that that caused chaos in anybody's life? All of these things are chaotic situations. And this guy had chaos raging within him. You see, guys, you need to understand that this demoniac, this legion, he wasn't always that way. He wasn't always this way. Hey, could I have your pig? No, I I don't have to have it. No, No, really, you can keep it. It's that cute, isn't it? That's a cute pig. You don't want it? You really don't or do you do? Could I have my pig back? Look at her. That's what I'm talking about. There you go, Miss Patty. You can hold on to it. You hold on to that. Get used to it. All right, so this guy hasn't always been that way. He hadn't always been that way. You know, my son, my daughter, they, maybe not to all of you guys, but to me they seem normal. You know, they're normal kids. They just act like regular kids, just like yours. They, but, you know, they're, they're going to grow up one day, and they may be totally different than they are right now. Like some of you have raised kids, and, and you look at your child now, you look at your son, you look at your daughter, and you may say, you know, you never, you, you didn't do those things back when you were younger, but there was something that happened in the middle of their life, teenage years, early adulthood, maybe it was a marriage that went south, maybe it was just a boyfriend, girlfriend type thing, maybe it was an uncle that treated, a, treated his niece the wrong way and done things to her that he shouldn't have, or a daddy that did, and all of a sudden there was this event that happened in their life that changed everything. Some of, you, some of you have had people come into your life that just, it, it kind of just set things off like the Holy Ghost did on the day of Pentecost, come rushing into your life like a rushing mighty wind. And you didn't know what it was, you know what I mean? And so you, you fall in love with them, and then you, you end up marrying them, and after you marry them, you find out that she is crazy. You find out that he's crazy. You know, you sit in the office and you counsel with husbands and that joker's been so strung out he's done got a nervous twitch and you have women that walk in and they're sharpening their knives ready to skin this guy because after they've been married, things begin to happen and things begin to change because they didn't seem like they were at this point. But something happened in their life that changed them. This guy was somebody's little boy at one time. This guy was somebody's maybe husband. Maybe this guy was somebody's dad. I don't know. It doesn't tell us how old the man is, but it tells us that this man had a major event happen in his life that changed who he was, and it possessed him in such a way that it drove him crazy. He didn't have a house. He didn't have any friends. They drove him off. They pushed him off, and he had to live. He had to live. In the tombs. 
where he could bother nobody. And in my mind, I always picture it like in those tombs like they did with Jesus. It was like a cave. They put him in there, rolled the stone over. It makes me think that a band of men got together, maybe soldiers, I don't know who it was, and they drove him to the deepest, darkest point of that tomb, and they chained him by the neck to the wall so that he couldn't move. And the torture and the torment that was going on in this man's life just caused him to jerk and pull and break those chains. Did it matter that the chains were hurting him? Did it matter that he started bleeding? Did it make any difference? No, because if you read Matthew's account and Mark's account of this same guy right here, it says that he took stones and cut himself to gain relief. And some of you right now are wearing long sleeve shirts just so that nobody will see how that you've been getting relief. Or how that you've been getting relief. You've got shoes on and socks. You don't wear open toe shoes or open sandals anymore because you found that you get relief in the top of your foot so that nobody will see it in your arm. And you find release in any way that you can possibly find it. There's people like that around us all the time. There's people sitting right beside you right now that are screaming inside and they're saying, this is not who I am. This is not who I'm supposed to be. And you're hearing yourself say that. And you're saying, why am I saying that? Because, you know, I, why is it? And it's because there's, there's somebody calling out to you. It's the Holy Spirit who's dealing with you who's working with you, and inside you're you're crying, and you're screaming, and you're hollering inside, and you're saying, Lord, I need help. And you finally see Jesus, and you you know that you need to run to Him. You know that you need to be there with Jesus, right there with Him all the time, but there's something that keeps you separated from who He is and where He is. Can I have your pig? You'll let me have your pig. She's nicer than you are. I'm I'm just kidding. But there's, there's something about this story that just stands out to me. It stuck out to me. And I want you guys to look at it again. And I, I want you to go back and look at this story and read it again. I'm not going to read the story to you again. But it says that the demons inside this man cried out to Jesus and said, Don't send us to hell. Don't send us to hell. And they said, Jesus, look, there's a, there's a herd of pigs. There's a herd of pigs right over here on the side of the mountain. Send us into them. Let us possess something. He sends them into the pigs. The pigs lose their mind and they rush violently down a hill and they drown themselves in the Sea of Galilee. And then there's a bunch of people standing by watching it. If there was a Facebook, if there was a Twitter, if there was anything like that that was going on, it was all over social media, it was everywhere. The people inside who used to tend the the pigs uh, that made their living with the pigs, that got their, uh, their inheritance from the pigs, whatever it was, now all of a sudden, they're like, we've lost our income. We've lost what, what we've been used to all this time. You, are you following what I'm telling you? You understand what I'm telling you? Hold on to that. Whose pig is that? My pig. That's right. So these people have been used to holding on to their pigs. They've been used to holding on to their pigs. Now, 
let's just back up a moment and take a, take a backseat drive to what, what's really going on here. Do you think that any of those pig herders back in the day watched this crazy man run through their town naked and say, Johnny, get, o- get over here. Get away from that guy. Lord, I wish you would help this fellow. We've tried. We've sent him to the doctors, and there's not a psychiatrist anywhere that can help him. We've sent him to a drug rehab, and they tell us that he ain't strung out on nothing. You know what I mean? Lord, if if you would, help this guy. Do you think that the man's mom lives anywhere nearby? Probably. Is his daddy still alive? I don't know. But if, if she is, if he is, do you think that this mama has gone to any extent that she could to spend every dime that she could on a doctor to help save this child? Has she tried to do anything? I don't know, but I know another instance where the Bible says that there was a father who had a son who was demon-possessed, and the demons would throw him into the fire and try to kill him. But Jesus come along, and this father brought his son to Jesus Christ and said, Lord, heal this man. I've tried to give him to your disciples. The disciples can't do it. And Jesus comes along and says that, that this demon has to come out, and, and the demon comes out. And he says only, there's only some things that come through through prayer and fasting. And so the demon comes out. I I don't know, but I've taken it in the Bible that if this father cared enough about his child to bring him to Jesus, this other mom, this other father of this demoniac, some point or another has tried to help her baby. Just like you. And because of her desire, there had to be aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and people in the community that knew who this man was, and they have asked, Lord, is there not somebody that can help this guy? Lo and behold, one day, this guy that nobody's met before, nobody's met him before, and, you, and people can argue with me about this before, but Jesus has never been to this place until this day. Why? Because the demoniac sees him and runs straight to him. If he had already seen Jesus at one point before, this deal would be over with. He sees Jesus, he runs to Jesus, and I think that he makes a dive like he's coming into home base. And he slides down at his feet and says, what in the world do you want with me? Jesus calls the demons out, takes them to the pigs, the pigs go down and drown, and everything's over, and everybody is crying out. They're afraid and they're scared, not because the guy is healed, but because of their pigs. Your pig. It's your pig. Lord, we need help. Lord, we need help. We want you to heal this man. We want you to take care of this man. We need our country in a place of peace. We want our children to be able to walk around in the streets so that everything will be taken care of. We want everything to be fine, Lord. Come and heal this guy. But let us hold on to our pigs. Now, I don't want the pig back. You can give it to somebody if you want to, or you can hold on to it. That's what we're usually good at. We're usually good at holding on to our things. Holding on to the things that keep us away from peace. We want to hold on to our things that keep us away from a lack of chaos, a form of order. And Jesus comes into the situation. I'm here to tell you today that He never leaves it the way that you thought it would be. 
And you see, Jesus comes in. We beg and we cry and we want Jesus to come in and do amazing things. We want Him to come in and heal this and heal that. We want Him to do everything, you know? And that's what makes me so angry sometimes. People call out and they say, Brother Joy, Brother Joy, I want you to pray for me and anoint me and pray for me for healing. Pray for me, Brother Joy, so that I'll be healed. Pray for me, Brother Joy, so I'll be healed. But you know why you're not healed? Because you won't turn loose of your pig. What's my pig? Prescription drugs, Twinkies, ding-dongs, anything that's got you up 500 pounds and you won't say no to it. You just keep engulfing this stuff in your life. You keep watching the trash on the internet. You keep running to the places you know you shouldn't be with. You keep surrounding yourself with people that are toxic to you. You keep doing all these things. But brother Joe, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. But you keep running back to your pig. You're going to hold on to your pig? Give it to somebody. I don't want it. I'm not telling you to hold it. You can keep it if you want to keep it. Give it to somebody. Throw it at them. Just give them to them. Chunk it across the room. Somebody needs a pig. So you see, we always need help. We always want help. We always want somebody to come in our life and change things for us. But we're not willing to accept the change when Jesus wants to bring it into your life. This isn't the easiest message in the world. This isn't easy for you to accept. But we hold on to our pigs. You know what some of you hold on to? And you've never identified it as this. And when you walk away from here, you're going to be thinking about it, and you're going to be pondering it, and you're going to be saying, I'm not too sure that I agree with what he said. And that's okay. But some of you have a pig that's called grief. It's called grief. You lost your husband, your wife, your kid. You lost grandma, papa, those that were the closest to you, best friend. You've held on to that for so long. And you say, but Brother Joel, we're supposed to be able to grieve. You're absolutely right. But the Bible says that there is nothing to have possession over you that takes control of your life except the Holy Spirit of God. But you will not turn loose of your pig. You won't let Jesus have your grief. And you use it as an excuse to keep you from doing what the Lord's calling you to do so that you can help other people. So you close yourself away. Remember what I said, that possession that comes inside of you that forces you to go into solitary confinement so that nobody can see you, nobody can speak to you. You stay to yourself. You do absolutely nothing because you are allowing it to control you. There's nothing wrong with having grief. The Bible tells us that we should grieve. The Bible tells us about moms who are crying and weeping over their children. There's nothing wrong with grieving. But is it controlling your life? What's your pig this morning? Some of you is drugs. Some of you is alcohol. Some of you may be sitting here so high that you don't even understand what I'm saying. Some of you may be waiting to get out of here so that you can. all you're thinking about is what your next meal is going to be because it controls your life. You live to eat rather than eating to live. Is this personal? Yeah, it's personal. If she ain't willing to let turn on her, her pig. She's still holding on to it. She don't want to give it to nobody. You going to give anybody that pig? You going to take it home with you? Chunk it over to somebody. Let somebody else fill that pig. See how, how nice and 
how nice and comfortable it is to hold on to. And we get so close to those nice little fuzzies, those nice little cuddlies, and we hold on to them. Let me ask you a question. Have you been crying, as our musicians come, have you been crying out for relief in your life? Have you been crying out for Jesus to come into your life and do something amazing, miraculous inside of you? Have you been crying out for Him to come in and fix this crazy person that keeps running around in my mind? This demoniac that is running all over the place and and Jesus wants to come in and fix it. But I promise you, He's not always going to fix it the way that you think that it should be fixed. Because if we thought that Jesus worked the way that we thought that He would work, we would all have $100,000 in our checking account. Because we would say, God, you know this is what I need. Oh, sure, honey, here you go. And He would give you, but He doesn't work that way. He sees your future. He knows your past. He knows your right now. And He knows exactly what it is that you need. And if you are willing to allow Him to come in and change your life, you've got to be willing right now, right off the bat, you've got to be willing to say, you know, if He, if he needs to take my pig, I'll let Him have my pig. Whatever it is, I'll let Him have the pig. But here's my next question. Some of you have held on to your little fuzzies for so long that it has hindered the deliverance of someone else. And these people were willing to accept the fact that this demoniac could be possessed and crazy and running around like a wild man all the rest of their lives as long as they could hold on to this. How many of you here today have claimed Christianity You claim that you know Jesus. You claim all these things. But yet you really don't live it outside. And because you want to hold on to your little pig and say that Jesus is just going to wink at it, Jesus is just going to overlook it because it's my pig. You know, if it was somebody else's pig, God would have a problem with it. But since it's mine and I gave it a pet name, the Lord's okay with that. But there's a hundred people that sit and watch and they just don't want anything to do with church. They don't want anything to do with Christ. They don't want anything to do with God because of the pigs that we hold on to. My suggestion to you this morning is that if the Lord's telling you to let go of your pig, it's time for you to set him free and let that sucker drown in the water. Father, today, There's no doubt in my mind, Lord, you're talking to somebody. There's no doubt in my mind, God, that when a message like this is shared, it can touch everybody. It can speak to all of our hearts. And Lord, it's amazing to me how that we hold on to things that are so unimportant. We hold on to them. And it keeps us from getting to the next place that you would have for us to be in life. But God, I pray for deliverance today. That you will bring peace and deliverance into people's lives today. So that whatever it is that they're holding on to, whatever it is, God, that's holding them back and keeping them from experiencing the fullness of Christ in their life, that they would let it go. And that they would turn loose of their pigs. And they would not pray, Lord, 
help me, but let me keep my pig. They'd say, Lord, help me. And if you must take this away from me, then Lord, I turn loose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come to the altar if you need to. I'll be glad to pray with you as we listen to the song.